a uh, little story for you. Some of you may have heard this story. It's somewhat famous, but I thought it'd be a good story to recount on New Year's Day. So as part of a MBA Master's of Business, Business Administration program, a, uh, an expert on life and time management was teaching a class. And to drive home a point about the importance of managing your time, he brought out a really wide uh, container, see-through container, and he said, okay, this is, um, this is a quiz. Everybody in the class was high-powered overachievers. These were type A people. They wanted to get stuff done. They wanted to know the tips and tricks of how to get more stuff done. And the professor stood in front of the group, and he produced a number of fist-sized rocks. I don't have fist-sized rocks this morning. I didn't have time, nor did I want to go digging through the snow. So I just bought fist-sized Ferrero Rochers. And so the professor, in this version of the story, he takes these fist-sized full of Ferrero Rochers, and he says, watch. And he proceeds to put them in the container. And he says, there you go. Is the jar full? And there's some eager beaver in the back row, and she puts up her hand, and she says, yeah, it's full. And he says, uh, don't, don't be so quick. And then he pulls out some slightly smaller stones. I don't have slightly smaller stones. All I have is some on-sale holiday milk chocolate candy. So what he did is he put this candy in the container, and he kind of shook it around. There we go. And he said, now, is the container full now? And the group, okay, they're kind of on to him, and they're like, "Mm, no. He's like, right, it's not full. And then he pulled out some gravel, and he poured that in. I don't have any gravel. I just have a huge bag of Skittles. So he took the gravel, and he poured it in, and he kind of shook the container. Oh, my container's not quite... There we go. And he... You can see where this is going, though. He was shaking it, and it was all filling in the spots. And then, I don't think I'm going to have any more room. But he kept doing smaller things like peanut M&Ms. Um, and then eventually what he did is he, he, he filled the whole thing up, and he said, is it full? And they said, no. And he said, you're right. And he pulled out a big pitcher of water, and he poured the water in. And I don't want to do that because someone's going to walk away with this candy, and you don't want soaking wet candy, right? So he, he, but he poured the water in, and it filled all the little crevices, and he filled it right up to the top. And then the professor said, now is the jar full? And they all said, yes, it's finally full. And he said, right. What's the point of that illustration? And a student, after some thought, said, the point is this. At first pass, it may look like your schedule in your life is full, but if you work hard enough, if you look for gaps, you can always do more. You can fit in more. And the professor said, no, that is not the point of the illustration. The point and the truth that this illustration reveals to us is this. If I wouldn't have put the big rocks, the big Ferrero Rochers in first, 
I would have never gotten in all three. If I would have started with water and then gravel, and then some dirt, and then some small stones, maybe one, maybe. It's not just about trying to cram stuff in. It's about prioritizing the right things. If this jar is your 2017, and these are all the stuff, responsibilities, big and small, what are your big Ferrero Rochers? What are your big rocks? What are the things that at the start of this year, in order to make sure these have a place, what are these things that you need to prioritize? Most people don't have more than three or four. On your sermon handout, there's a little reflection time there. And I would encourage you to do this at some point today, to go privately, pray, reflect, think carefully of all the stuff that you could jam into 2017. What's the priority? What are the big rocks you want to make sure you're putting in first before they get crowded out by sometimes some good things, but not as important. What, is those, what are those big rocks to you? You know, Jesus never taught his disciples this particular illustration. Didn't have Ferrero Rochers or Skittles available to him. But he clearly taught the principle. Jesus' principle, though, wasn't simply to put in your big rocks first. You figure out what's important for you, you put those in first, everything else will find its place. He actually taught his disciples that there is a big rock that is distinct and special. And amidst all of your big rocks, there's an even bigger rock that supersedes it in importance. And there's one big rock that you, as a disciple of Jesus, are supposed to put in first. He talks about that in Matthew 6, verses 25 to 33. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They don't labor or spin. And yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his glory was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow was thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So don't worry, saying, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Notice, is Jesus, notice what Jesus says is the big rock for any would-be disciple. Somebody who says, I'm a Christian, I want to follow Jesus. I'm taking this thing seriously. Jesus says, that's great. You're going to be wrestling through a lot of responsibilities and priorities and values in your life. There's... there's one thing I want you to seek first. The kingdom of God, God's kingdom, and God's righteousness. That is the big rock that should be prioritized 
at the start of your day, your month, and certainly as we gather on January 1st, our year. What is the kingdom of God? It's shorthand for the rule and reign of God. When Jesus talks about the kingdom of God, he's talking about God's priorities and purposes. Wherever God's priorities and purposes are at work, wherever people are in submission to God's priorities and purposes, wherever people are living out God's priorities and purposes, we say the kingdom of God is breaking in or the kingdom of God is, um, is, is manifesting itself there. It was a shorthand way for saying, in a sense, that's where God's will is being done. People are living and, uh, um, and speaking and sharing and learning and growing the way God intended. And God's righteousness refers to his holiness living faithfully every day for God and with God, not being casual in our approach to personal holiness in terms of embracing the right and rejecting the wrong, but saying, I want to pursue God's righteousness. I'm not okay with kind of half-hearted Christianity or a lukewarm pursuit of the kind of speech and lifestyle that I'm supposed to have as a Christian. If I was ever tempted to teach that Jesus offered kind of a life hack for how to thrive as a Christian, this is the section of scripture that I would go to. Seek first. Jesus isn't unaware of all the things that occupy our anxiety and our attention. What about this? What about this? What about going to school? What about getting a boyfriend? What about these things? What about this priority? What about this happening at work? Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Seek that first and all of the other things that God knows that you need and God knows that you want, they, they will find their place. But you've got to seek this first. This has got to be a priority. Now notice that Jesus doesn't say to simply value the kingdom or value God's righteousness. He's talking about prioritizing it. There's a difference between value and valuing something and prioritizing it. Lots of Christians value their faith. Is your faith important to you? Yes. Is Jesus your Lord? Absolutely. Stated values, right? Um, Does anything come before your faith in God? No, absolutely not. We can value things, and a value is simply something in life that we deem as important. But a priority is a value that when in competition with other values, gets elevated, goes to the front of the line, gets elevated to a higher position. So priority is a value, something that we say, yeah, this is important. But when you line it up with other things that are really important, it takes precedent. It's more important. All of these things are important, but this is more important. And lots of Christians value their faith. The problem, though, is many Christians, myself included, go through seasons of life where while we value our faith, we're not necessarily prioritizing it. Of course we love God. Of course we want to grow as disciples. Yeah, like, for sure. But then Monday morning hits, and I move through my week, and if you were to look at my week, the lived expression of my faith, and whether I'm prioritizing it in different areas, you might say, Jeff, that's totally a value of yours, but it's like value number eight. It's not a priority. And Jesus isn't saying here, just value in some vague way God's kingdom and his righteousness. Just have it on your radar. He is not saying that. He's saying, seek it first. It has to be a priority. 
Jesus is saying, this is a value. This doesn't play nice with other values. It's not just an accessory to your life. It's the center point around which the rest of your life is meant to cohere and hold together and find its meaning and purpose. I'll be the first one to admit, I've lived seasons of my Christian life where I've valued God and his kingdom, but I haven't prioritized it. There's lots of stuff on the table. I'm trying to jam stuff into my schedule and into my life, and I'd love to find room for this. I really would, because it is important to me, but there are just some days and some months and some weeks where it just doesn't seem to fit, because I've let a lot of other things fill my imagination, my time, my priority list. And the result of that in my life has been struggle. I've struggled, not just in my faith, but in all areas of life when I haven't prioritized God and his kingdom. Because what I've discovered is that life doesn't work properly unless God, God's kingdom, his priority and purposes lie at the center of not just my value system, but what I'm actively trying to move towards every day. Jesus is teaching us a principle that lies at the heart of life. When we make God's kingdom and his righteousness our priority, everything else has a really amazing way of falling into place. And when that happens, when we put God and his kingdom first, God begins to trust us with things that we need, and in some cases even, he begins to trust us with opportunities and things that we we want. Some people get antsy at this language. They say, what do you mean, Jeff, by saying God begins to trust us with things that we need or, with, or that we want? And I want to make sure we're clear here because this is a razor's edge distinction that can really put you into the ditch or onto the discipleship superhighway, depending on how you interpret it. You cannot earn God's love. You cannot earn God's grace. Those things are a gift. God loves you counter-conditionally because of what God has done in and through Jesus. You cannot earn God's love. But Jesus makes it very clear in the Gospels, and the rest of the New Testament makes it very clear, well, makes clear a pattern that is established in the Old Testament, which is it is important for us to earn God's trust. Because God will not trust us with certain things unless we are faithful with the things that we've already been given. Sometimes God does bless us just in ways that are completely undeserving. But, Jesus says in Luke 16, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. But whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with, very, with much. And in the parable um, of the servant, Jesus in Matthew 25 says, that the master says to the servant, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. Like a wise parent, there are opportunities and blessings that God will open up to us as we faithfully steward um, this priority of seeking first him, his kingdom, and his righteousness. And like a wise parent, if we're saying, oh, we totally value God and his kingdom, totally, for sure, but we're not prioritizing it, there may be opportunities, there may be blessings, there may be possibilities that God will withhold for the moment because, frankly, we can't be trusted with them or just there's, there's no room 
for them, for God to bring into our life, literally. Because we've just filled up our life with maybe well-intended good stuff, but we're not prioritizing his kingdom. So God says, okay, well, they haven't made room. And it's not out of vindictiveness or cruelty or anything like that, but just like a wise parent says, by my, because of what my children are prioritizing, I can't extend this opportunity to them right now. I think that's a pattern we see throughout Scripture. So this is really, really important. Some Christians don't realize this. They, they kind of live their Christian life kind of doing whatever seems right to them. They make their own value hierarchy. They don't prioritize God's kingdom and his righteousness. They value it. It's definitely like in the top five. But then they don't experience very much peace or prosperity or love or joy. They don't have a lot of forward momentum or vibrancy in their life. And they're really confused by it because they're like, well, I'm a Christian. Doesn't all that happen automatically? Doesn't, doesn't the entitlement just automatically flow to me? And again, we want to make this distinction between, yes, God's riches in Christ, his grace, his salvation flows to us freely, his love. But then there's something called discipleship, where God is intending to grow us up into the kind of people that we are designed to be, to be a witness and a light to the world. And as we cooperate with God in that, God opens up new possibilities. And if we resist that, like the New Testament says, you know, if we grieve the Holy Spirit then there will be things that will be withheld. Not because God doesn't love us, but precisely because he loves us. Because if we don't have God and his kingdom and his righteousness at the center of our lives, and God gives us an opportunity or a blessing, we're very likely going to drive our life into the ditch because we're going to make it an idol. Or we're going to misuse it. Or it's not going to find its proper place. God is confident to bring certain things into our lives when he and his priorities are at the center. And even if we're imperfectly trying to prioritize those things, we are seeking to prioritize it. Because when God's kingdom and his righteousness is our priority, all the other things that we want and need find their proper place. And God can bring them into our lives and they become a source of blessing and not a curse. They become a source of life and not source of death. So among all the big rocks that you might reflect on this afternoon, your marriage, your family, a, a new project, a career opportunity, your health, all good things, maybe rooted in scripture, hopefully rooted in scripture, awesome. Jesus is saying, there's a big rock that you need to consider putting in before all the others, and that is to prioritize, to seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness. What does it look like for you to prioritize God's kingdom and his righteousness in 2017? What does it look like for you? Because I'm going to be honest, that, that's not a cookie-cutter answer. What does it look like for you as an individual within your marriage, within your family, within your friendships, within your finances, within, uh, you know, within your school studies, as an employer, as an employee? What does it look like for you to prioritize in your recreation, your personal time? What does it look like for you to prioritize God's kingdom and his righteousness? There's some writing prompts there that, again, I would invite you to spend some time with, even 15 or 20 minutes in prayerful reflection. What does it look like for me not to just value something? Yeah, it's important to me, but to say, I'm going to prioritize this this year. 
And if going through all of those areas is overwhelming, just pick one. God is honored by steps of obedience, even if they seem small to us. So just pray about one area and say, God, maybe it's in my marriage. Maybe it's in my finances. Maybe it's in this particular relationship in my life. Maybe it's just in the way that I process things um, or the way that I structure my day. What is the one area, God, where you are really wanting me to focus in 2017 to seek first your kingdom and your righteousness? I don't think anybody here is in danger of not valuing God's kingdom and righteousness this year. That's probably not a danger for anybody here. The danger for you and I is whether or not we'll prioritize that. The danger is whether or not we'll move into 2017 saying, I am going to make sure that God's kingdom and his righteousness, that that is the highest priority in my life this year. Jesus says, if you do that, then all the other things that you genuinely need and some of the things that you want will be given to you and will find their proper place. But they'll only find their proper place when we're centered on the right things. Let's pray. God, as we move into this new year, there are a ton of certainly negative distractions that could pull us away from you, but there are a ton of very positive things that could keep us busy, that could distract us, that could pull us away from prioritizing your kingdom and your righteousness. We want to pursue you, but God, we want to have a sophisticated, robust, mature understanding of what that looks like. So would you teach us, God, in in these next few days and weeks, would you begin to show us what would it look like for us to prioritize your kingdom in these areas of our lives, God? God, we apologize, we confess, we ask your forgiveness for the ways that we have valued these things, but not prioritized them. May 2017 be a year where we seek first your kingdom. We love you, God. And would you empower us to this calling by your Holy Spirit? In Jesus' name. I would like to send you off with a benediction. But before I do, Lucas, do you want this? Yeah, sure. Okay. Lucas, you can have what's in here. And then, whoops, whoops. Oh, Hannah can have this. Hannah McClure. And then, I got to get rid of this. 
Oh, not my own daughter. That's <laughs> Lauren. This is, you've got to share this. We can't afford the dental bill from all this, all these sweets. Okay, as you go, family and friends of Nelson Covenant Church, may you seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness in 2017. And as you do, may you experience new depths and dimensions to your relationship with God. And may the things you want and need find their proper place around the centrality of Christ's calling and his mission. And may the love of God the Father, the grace of God the Son, and the fellowship of God the Holy Spirit be with you all this week. And all of God's people said, Amen. God bless. Have a great week.